0: You're listening to the McKinsey on Consumer and Retail podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the topics that matter most in the consumer and retail industries. I'm your host, Monica Torriello. One of the big trends in consumer products today is personalization. If a company can use data to accurately tell you, here's a product that you want, or that's right for you, or you know now is the time for you to buy this product, that's going to be an increasingly big competitive advantage for that company. And that's probably especially true in consumer health and wellness, which is a $1.5 trillion market and growing at five to 10% each year, as a recent McKinsey report has said. Personalization is now becoming a differentiator in vitamins and supplements as well, which is a category within consumer health and wellness. And today we'll hear from the CEOs of two innovative vitamin companies, Walter Falstro, CEO of Hum Nutrition, and Brad Hellfand, CEO of Vu Vitamin. In separate interviews, Walter and Brad spoke with me and with McKinsey associate partner Sandra Velchering, who is based in Berlin and is one of the leaders of McKinsey's work in consumer health and wellness. Sandra, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Before we hear from the CEOs, Sandra, you've studied the consumer health landscape, and there are lots of startups out there. Why were hum nutrition and VU vitamin interesting to you? Why did you decide that these two were worth learning more about?
1: It's exactly the point you, you mentioned in the introduction. It's the personalization aspect. As we also have seen in our future of wellness survey, that personalization is really a big topic for consumers across the world. And the consumers are really also increasingly willing to spend to share data. Um, as long as they see a benefit. And that's why I'm really looking forward to talk to Brett about um, the approach they have taken of personalizing vitamins. And in the future of wellness report, we found that consumers are increasingly looking for products which have natural ingredients. And we found that that Hum nutrition is really focusing on that. And now it's even also focusing on the sustainable packaging design, which like are two trends, which we really see on the, um, like increasing significantly in the consumer health and wellness space. So that's why I'm really uh, excited to talk about, uh, to talk to Hum Nutrition.
0: Yeah, so let me say a little bit about Hum and Vu. Hum Nutrition is a Los Angeles-based company that, according to its website, offers clinically proven nutrients personalized to your goals. You may have seen it on the shelves of Sephora or Nordstrom or other retailers. It's also available on Amazon, and its products have colorful packaging, and cheeky names like Flatter Me, which is a vitamin for healthy digestion and a flatter stomach, and Gut Instinct for gut health. Um, on HUM's website, you can take an online quiz to get recommendations from one of HUM's nutritionists, who you can then contact anytime. Vitamin takes a somewhat different approach to personalization. Vu, that's V-O-U-S, French for you, or the plural or formal you, is a Chicago-based company that offers an all-in-one custom pill. So it's not a customized combination of pills, it's a customized pill. So Vu also has an online quiz, right? It asks you your age, body type, lifestyle, etc. And then based on the results of your quiz, the company can make a pill that you take twice a day that contains all of the vitamins that you need. So Hum and Vu, two different business models, One thing that Walter and Brad have in common is that they each had a personal experience that made them huge believers in their respective company's mission. So let's hear them briefly tell their personal stories. First here's Walter Falstro talking about why he founded Hum Nutrition.
2: Basically, you know, I struggled with acne throughout my entire adulthood and I thought, you know, the older I'll get, the acne will disappear. And for those of you who haven't dealt with acne, it's something extremely painful. It's like emotionally scarring too. Like you really feel your confidence is not great when you do have these deep, um, you know, breakouts, but they're also painful to touch and all that. And they really prevented me from having, you know, I would say a comfortable um, like being in sync with my skin and feeling good about myself. And for the company that we launched in the UK called We Water, we partnered with a very forward-thinking nutritionist who wrote a book about the importance of gut health and its connection to mental and in skin's well-being. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, so we partnered with her on a formula, um, and she also helped me figure out my skin through changes in my diet. So there was a huge educational aspect and I suddenly saw results. And when I suddenly saw these results, these results I've been trying to achieve over a long time period by just having a healthy diet, including certain supplements, and nutrients into my diet, my confidence went up, my skin improved, of course, but also my energy was higher. And I thought, you know what, maybe there's other people like myself out there who could benefit from an expert, um, you know, curated approach to skin health um, from within And that's how the idea of HUM was born.
0: And here's Brad Helfand on how he ended up at VU Vitamin.
3: My story mirrors so many consumers out there. I was the quintessential lost vitamin shopper, uh, overwhelmed in the vitamin aisles. Uh, My story is that I'd gone to my primary care physician four years ago for an annual checkup. And uh, he told me, Brad, go get a vitamin D and a melatonin. I'd never taken vitamins as an adult. And I walked to my local pharmacy and walked the aisles and couldn't remember the dosage of vitamin D he wanted me to take and couldn't recall um, whether I should be taking a multivitamin or an iron supplement because I am a vegetarian. And I just didn't know how to do it myself in those aisles. And I just started um, a research journey outside of that experience. I have 20 years in the healthcare industry. I've been a longtime healthcare consultant and it shocked me how unnavigated the vitamin industry was. There was a company local to me in Chicago where one of the founders uh, happened to be my wife's primary care physician. And when I got to know her and her co-founder and the mission that they had started to uh, customize all-in-one supplements using data and data science, it invigorated me because so much of what I've seen in healthcare is a move from volume to value. And so much of what they were doing represented a new value-based play in the industry. I see myself As more than a simple classification let's say a man buying a men's multivitamin i know that there's the capability to do better and when i met two experts that were really committed to that cause it motivated me to to take it seriously and reflect on you know is this the future of vitamins and in my mind yes it was
0: so these companies both play in the same space right vitamins and supplements but their customer base is very different Here's Walter describing Hum Nutrition's customers.
2: Given that we did this all online, you obviously collect data then and understand who your user base is. So who is the Hum customer? I would say millennial and Gen Z. That's really our core demographic, um, the majority of which are women. Again, that was a big surprise to me to see like how much of a split there is between um, gender. Um, But I understand it now that, you know, especially in the US, um, the decision makers around health and well-being in many households are women. So gender split, I would say 90-10, like 90% female, um, 10% male, but that, that's our customers. It doesn't mean necessarily that they just buy for themselves. A lot of them make also decisions for the whole household, so they may purchase for a partner um, who may be a man, right? So that's something to keep in mind here as well when I say 90-10 split.
0: And this is Brad talking about Vuvitamins core customers.
3: What we've learned is when we launched in 2014, we thought this was gonna be certainly a millennial company. Millennials were gonna be interested in personalized vitamins. Uh, Today, what we've learned is many customers in our model are older demographics. We have many customers that are uh, Gen X and baby boomers. Uh, Our core customer tends to be a 35 plus aged consumer. Older consumers may be taking handfuls of medications and have other chronic conditions. They don't want handfuls of vitamins. The pill pack idea does not necessarily appeal to that customer of swallowing eight, nine, ten plus pills and powders a day of different shapes and sizes. I'd say the older demographics too are very much value conscious, and I think for many consumers, the idea of stepping into personalization at a dollar a day price point is much preferable than you know going to a service that might be recommending a number of pills that end up costing $100 to $250 a month. In our case, part of that value proposition is actually reducing the number of pills and powders they take every day and lowering their cost in the category. Both HUM Nutrition and
0: Vuvitamin have seen strong growth. Walter said that HUM's revenues passed the $50 million mark in 2021. And Brad said "Vuvitamin has digitally assessed more than 100,000 consumers and has seen triple-digit growth over the past two years. For both companies, online subscriptions make up the bulk of their sales. But both companies now also have a presence in brick-and-mortar retail. Here's Walter talking about how Hum Nutrition thinks about its sales channels.
2: We said, look, um, we can either build this ourselves from scratch, or we can really think much more about community and other ways of getting in front of the consumer, which is why we looked for a retail partner that can help us amplify our message and educate our audience base. And we partnered then about two years into the business with Sephora, who has been an incredible partner and helped us you know, educate the consumer as well. And the reason we partnered with them was they are a company that prioritizes education just as much as we do. Um, obviously they have a, strong, um, a very strong focus on beauty, and um, there weren't many other offerings within that channel. Um, so you had a lot of room to build the category together. And I think that was one of those big changes that we did do, which really benefited not just that one particular channel, but also helped you know raise um, the awareness across all touch points and helped us build the business faster than we could have by ourselves. We decided to be very channel specific. So on our website, we only offer subscriptions. And on Amazon, for example, we target a consumer that's either a Prime member or it's not um, as you know, I would say attached to a subscription as, you know, these other consumers. So that's really the way we think about it. You know, every channel has its purpose and certain consumers want to buy your brand from their preferred retail partner. And you want to make sure that you're supporting that as opposed to dictating where to buy your product and forcing that.
0: As for Vuvitamin, you can't buy their products off a store shelf, but you can order them through in-store kiosks. Here's how Brad describes it. We just
3: uh, executed a partnership with the largest provider of in-store digital retail kiosks in the United States. Uh, these are health hubs that can be found in pharmacies and grocery stores. In a large uh, pharmacy chain on the East Coast, use those digital kiosks in the store to launch our personalized vitamin program, allowing a consumer to walk up to a kiosk near the pharmacy, launch our survey, find out their personalized results, in order, a personalized vitamin subscription program through their home retailer. Um, you know, we think for the retailer that's an exciting proposition because it allows them to keep that consumer in their ecosystem long term and manage them in an active way while they're on their vitamin product and communicate with them a long term.
0: Brad and Walter then talked about sustainability, which Sandra, as you said earlier, it's one of the biggest trends in consumer health and wellness. Here's your question to Brad.
1: I mean, with the one pill day and combining them to one, you're obviously, you know, reducing a lot of like, you know, waste and all these kind of things. And are you, you know, focusing on that a bit more, or you know, what is what is like the whole topic around sustainability? Because we also found that um, consumers are looking more and more for natural ingredients, right? which goes along with like the whole trend around sustainability.
3: From a sustainability standpoint, we certainly see the rise of the eco-conscious consumer. Um, And we see them being very vocal, uh, both to our company and other companies in the space. I can't tell you how many social media ads that I've seen in our category where consumers question, do I really need all that packaging? And do I need to tear open daily packets and dispose of those every day to get a, a better solution? And... Do you offer recyclable uh, materials in your packaging? Um, But what I also found interesting was uh, in your own research, Sandra, I I read the McKinsey Report, How to to Thrive in the Global Wellness Market from January uh, 2022, and you talk about how within dietary supplements, 40% of consumers globally would prefer a more natural product over a more effective product. Only 20% would choose a more effective product. And what that tells me is that consumers really want to know what you're doing to reduce um, fillers, uh, unnatural ingredients, genetically modified organisms, whether your manufacturing is safe and transparent. Are you working with good manufacturing practices certified uh, facilities? Are these pharmaceutical grade facilities? And so those are all questions that we try to answer for our consumers, and we constantly try to get better. For example, um, many of our consumers have talked about um, synthetic dyes and their dislike of those. Uh, Next generation products from us are going to feature natural dyes uh, in response to that. Um, And so I think we're constantly thinking about, you know, how do we improve the product to meet the eco-conscious consumer?
0: And here's what Walter had to say on the topic of sustainability.
2: Another big trend that we're seeing, and this is obviously driven by the reality of global warming and by the reality of um, growing um, plastic pollution. Plastic pollution is a huge problem for the planet. Um, every year, um, you know, millions of tons of plastic end up in the ocean, for example. And do you think, you know, while the consumers are not realizing yet how big that problem is, it's going to be a huge problem. So I do think sustainability, again, will have a big impact here. Um, so that means like packaging innovation, for example, like how do you address Um, this plastic problem with your packaging is going to be key for companies to think through. In our case, we decided to use prevented ocean plastic, which is a great material because it takes already produced plastic out of the environment that's been collected around the world at at risk communities, coastal communities. It provides a living to communities around the world for actually for recycling. And then you take that plastic and upcycle it into your own um, bottles which then can be recycled over and over again so that's one of those things that we think is a big big trend going forward but also plant-based eat- eating for example again in association with global warming I do think you know people really would want to as you mentioned earlier on and Sandra um, I think natural ingredients are going to be keen but also think like clean ingredients and also like plant-based ingredients will have a really really big moment going forward because of the context um, and the challenges we are facing right now.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. And the other question I have is like, what would you like to have known uh, when you started your business as an innovator, which you are aware of, or which you know today?
3: I think uh, one thing that I wish I would have known uh, earlier is that, um, you know, the value of combining uh, uh, visionaries and muscle in the market. And so, um, you know, I think, We gravitated towards, um, you know, uh, building an offering around visionaries, but we've seen our competitors uh, have a lot of muscle and we know that it takes a combination of capital, innovation, market reach uh, to to grow these offerings. And um, had we affiliated with that muscle piece earlier in our journey, uh, we may, you know, at this point be, you know, the top known brand in the category Today, we're certainly um, still an emerging brand in the category, and I think you know that's one thing that we wish we had known. I think personally, one thing I wish I would have known uh, from a personal perspective is just the humility involved in starting a company on the bleeding edge of, the, of a trend and how much patience it takes to wait for the market to catch up to you. A small fraction of the market were getting their vitamins through e-commerce and through subscription models. It's definitely accelerated the last two years. But we've been encouraging that direction of the market since 2014. And so sometimes you just have to wait for the market to play catch up, and that requires a certain degree of uh, both patience and humility.
0: And here's Walter's response to your question, Sandra, about a lesson that he learned. His answer really speaks to the moment that we're in, this sort of unique time in the business world and in history that we're all going through.
2: I didn't know that, you know, building a brand will also include speaking to big moments that happen in society. What I didn't really anticipate were all these like, you know, things that suddenly are completely outside of health and wellness that had an impact on our business too and how to navigate those. And I think that's something that was really interesting um, over the past few years. Like take the pandemic by itself. I mean, that's like right right there, something like suddenly the pandemic hits um, a company, we're suddenly all working from home, which has a huge impact on... Um, the mental well-being of individuals who have like anxieties, um, you know, collective anxieties that we didn't think we need to address. I wouldn't have been able to do that without the help of like great coaches and our team who have great ideas. So I do think that was like a great moment to really bring alive how uncertain life is and like how quickly things change and having that agility to navigate those moments um, successfully is definitely something um, that I didn't anticipate when I started home.
0: And finally, we asked Walter and Brad to predict what's next in consumer health and wellness. How do you see the market evolving then
1: over the next 10 years? So if you would need to paint a picture for like the vitamin market in 2030, where would you see that?
2: Sure. I mean, I do think like, you know, consumers want to shop the brand in many, many ways. So I think health and fitness is definitely a huge opportunity for us. We have seen there's a huge correlation between um, our consumer and the fitness consumer. It makes sense if you think about it, you have a well established fitness routine, Um, I do think you know you're also better in taking your vitamins by like incorporating those into your daily journey. So I think that alone provides a huge opportunity for the brand um, that we are looking into right now. Going forward I would, I would say that um, mental wellness is going to be a big topic. Um, and why do I say this? I do think again, social media has had a big impact on people's, you know, emotional and mental well-being. Um, I think people's attention span are really, you know, shrinking as well. So I think cognitive performance is another area in which we think, you know, there's a lot of innovation. But then also, I would say that, and I think it's something very interesting as well. Um, currently, we spend 97% of our health expense is done you know, post disease, right? So if you think about healthcare in general in the the developed world, it's all about treatment. Only 3% is um, spent on prevention. So I do think like, you know, what will really change the industry going forward is like the focus, the shift, from treatment to prevention. And I think ultimately that's where the big shift will happen is once the mindset of the consumers moves more towards that. I think people are understanding it, but if you look where actually people are spending their money right now, where healthcare is spending, it's still all in treatment as opposed to prevention.
3: In the next uh, 10 years or so, I think um, one, many consumers are gonna abandon the mass market and that transactional marketplace where they buy a bottle and have no relationship to the company and move into more longitudinal database relationships with companies like ours, we're gonna see a lot of convergence between supplements and adjacent industries. Industries like beauty, skincare, haircare, fitness, telehealth, food meal kits, cannabis. You're gonna see supplements start to um, bleed over into a number of other categories. And you're gonna see us trying to find ways to meet the consumer where they are or where their brand loyalties lie. I think we're gonna see a lot more focus on wraparound solutions to manage the post-transaction journey of a vitamin taker, which again, lasts many years. You're gonna see the introduction of wearables, uh, better apps, uh, ongoing education streams and content communities. And I think that's all needed to be supportive of a consumer that needs to stick with this over time in order for it to be effective. So if Walter and Brad's
0: predictions come true, in the future, we'll see a blurring of the lines between the many categories of health and wellness. We'll see a shift in focus from treatment to prevention and technology, including apps and wearables, will play a bigger role in helping us stay healthy. That's the end of our episode. For more on health and wellness, please visit mckinsey.com slash consumer join us again next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the McKinsey on Consumer and Retail podcast. A transcript of this conversation will be posted on mckinsey.com very soon. To suggest topics for future episodes, email us at consumer underscore podcast at To stay connected with us, subscribe to our email alerts on mckinsey.com. Thanks again for listening.